the chip shot through. That's a win for Utah's defense. Let's go down there at the one before the penalty. Welcome in. It is your Utah Post Game Show. Hans Olsen and Frank Dolce. Frank, this game goes final. Utah loses 37-15 to against the Oregon Ducks. I want you to help everybody understand what just happened. Well, can I, can I first say this? Utah is 11-2 on the year. That's a fantastic season. Uh, they accomplished the second year in a row. They're in the Pac-12 championship game. Second year in a row, South Division champs. Uh, I'm proud of this Utah football team. I think they exceeded expectations in lots of ways and uh, <laughs> put themselves in the conversation. <laughs> it, st- it stinks right now. It's a tough way to lose, tough way to finish because college football playoff Rose Bowl turns into Alamo Bowl, maybe Cotton Bowl, and that just doesn't feel good. I think the story of the game is this. Herbert wasn't over the top. 14 of 26, 193 yards, one touchdown. Kept under 200 yards. Here's the story of the game. 41 carries, 239 yards, 5.8 yard per carry average for Oregon. Oregon is the first team this year that committed and stuck with the run game against Utah and had success on the ground. All of the other stats, 
all of the other stats are very similar. Here's another one to consider. Utah is a minus two in turnover margin. Minus two in turnover margin. Time of possession, they're a minute apart. Both teams end up four of 14 on third down conversions. Utah ends up with 116 yards on the ground. 3.3 yard average on 35 carries. Penalties, you would think, went against Utah. Utah had eight penalties for 48 yards. Oregon, 12 penalties for 95 yards. Turnover margin, lack of ability to stop the run unexpectedly for Utah, I thought kind of spelled disaster in the game. One last thing as I keep thinking about this. Tyler Huntley was not Tyler Huntley tonight. It didn't feel like he was Tyler Huntley that we've seen 10 times this year. Uh, and, and, And by the way, Oregon has nine tackles for loss in the game. They harassed the quarterback all night long. I thought that only that the way Utah the only way Utah would lose this game is if Utah gave the game away. I don't think that's the case. I think Oregon took the game away from Utah. I think Oregon in key areas outplayed Utah tonight. I would agree with that, Frank, and I, I would say in key areas, I'd say in the trench on both sides. I thought that Oregon would have a slight advantage with their defensive line against this Utah offensive line. And I say a slight advantage. I didn't expect Utah's offensive line to get gashed both in run and pass plays. And they were beat up. They were handedly beat up. Braden Daniels was embarrassed at times. Simi Moala embarrassed at times. And this Oregon defensive line really took it to that Utah offensive line. And then on the flip side, you talked about this. Oregon went for nearly 170 yards over Utah's season average holding run mm-hmm. to 56 yards. They had 100, what, what did you say? 200, 239 yards. 239 yards tonight. So Utah's defensive line and their defensive front seven, that both you and I, and I would say anybody that analyzed this game thought, might have a, an advantage or at least might be, you know, right there on par because this is a good Oregon offensive line. I, I thought they'd have an advantage. Oregon at times manhandled them, beat them up, moved them around, had more passion, more energy, more drive, had everything going for them, and Oregon won the trench battle. From, from my eyes, and, and that's, you know, one time only, and you've got five offensive linemen and you've got seven guys on the defensive front, you've got to rewind it three times for each man on the field to truly understand the overall picture. Like, I've, you have to go back. If you really want to understand trench battle, you've got to go back, rewind each play three to four times, and watch one guy every time three to four times 
on one play. It's it's daunting to, to truly understand who was getting dominated and where the domination was coming from. And I will do that. I'll go back and do it because I want to see how Oregon just dominated this defensive line. They got moved around. And these running backs, C.J. Verdell, he ran his heart out. He ran his heart out. 18 carries for 208 yards for C.J. Verdell. So when I watch these games, my eyes naturally go to the trenches, and Utah has been so dominant the last eight games in the trenches, both sides. And Oregon beat them on both sides of the trench. More surprisingly to me, like I think Utah, Utah's offensive line has been uh, above average this year. Not, but not something you would say. Look out! Here comes Utah's offensive line. Uh, no, no. So, but but even with that said, and I know a lot of it has to do with Tyler Huntley. But with that said, they've only given up 15 sacks the whole yeah. year. They're number 14 in yeah. the country in protecting their quarterback. Yeah, and I, they're number 23 in the country in rushing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, so, there's so, a couple. Okay, so certainly what, they they did their part, and Zach Moss is unbelievable in lots of ways so do we but look at the opponents and just say that they were I, I they were tricked over the last eight games i had that thought i had that thought like wait a second is the south that bad <laughs> i don't think that's the case <laughs> but but i i just I, I thought utah's offensive line was above average uh this year and then um they were they were they were adequate tonight and I don't, I, you know, like I said, I didn't feel like Tyler Huntley had his best effort tonight, best game tonight. Uh, and that may, you know, he got rattled, seemed like he got rattled a little bit early. Um, made some funny decisions, decisions that we just haven't seen him make this year, a lot this year. And so I wasn't, I wasn't overly surprised, but it was a, it, it was a, a little eye-opening that Utah on the offensive front was getting pushed around a little bit and congratulations Oregon I mean Oregon came up and said I they 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 watched the film at you know Arizona State what did Arizona State do to Utah they punched them in the mouth right up front well Oregon just kept doing that on the defensive side to me the more surprising part was the way I felt Utah got managed at the line of scrimmage Utah defensively versus Oregon offensively Mm -hmm. like I felt like Oregon maneuvered Utah, pushed Utah around in ways that Utah just didn't get pushed around this year. It's weird to me, though, because Utah fans right now, I think a lot of Utah fans that I'm seeing on Twitter, they're saying, well, Utah just wasn't tested and they just – hold on. Oregon just lost to this Arizona State team. Yeah. Oregon got pushed to the limits against Oregon State. That yep. Utah beat fifty-three to three or whatever it was. Yeah. Yep. Like, wait a second. Utah's played the same talent that Utah, that or Oregon. Utah's played the same talent that Oregon has played. So uh, we can't say, well, they weren't tested. Well, then you're saying Oregon was tested by Arizona State that didn't test Utah. Come on now. <laughs> Yeah. Come on, get 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 your story straight here. Man, fans are nuts. Well, man. and that's fans, this fans is, are nuts. Th- th- it's what, and it's, I'm a fan too. I mean, I'm nuts too. It's but, what's frustrating because yeah. you you can't just say, well, they weren't tested. Well, 
Okay, so Oregon was battle-tested. So Oregon was in the refiner's fire, and they came out like the Phoenix. They they came out with flying colors because they were tested, and they knew that they were the best. No, they just lost Arizona State two weeks ago in in ugly fashion. And Oregon State was within a score with a minute 20 left. It, this was not a good-looking Oregon team. So calm it down with the, well, Utah just was never tested. Utah was this they were put under the same test that Oregon was put under and actually they were better under those tests than Oregon so I don't like that conversation I, I don't either you, you could look across I mean Washington State pushed Oregon to the limit and Utah managed Washington State uh, you know Cal pushed pushed Oregon to the to the limit and you know, those are games that Utah won yeah. handily. It's so not, I don't it's like not, that. It's not, it's not I don't a good like that It's not a good argument. And I, you know what? I know fans are, I know people are upset. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if can we're 11-2. It doesn't, it did, oh, no, it, no, all that stuff matters. It does matter. Can I ask you a couple questions? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, 855-340-9663, if you want to jump in on the post game. Talk to me about the coaching. Was Kyle Whittingham at coached? Was was this coaching staff out coached? Did Mario well, Cristobal put together a better I, game plan? I think because uh, you can't convince me that one was tested and that one wasn't. You or, can't convince me that Oregon's got better talent than Utah. You can't. It's a it's a good matchup and Oregon uh, Oregon's game plan was executed extremely well. So. Uh, I, I, I have a heart, I, you know, I just, because of my history with Coach Whittingham, I have a hard time saying or believing that he was outcoached. That, that to me, says that he, he didn't prepare his team well, and, and um, I just don't believe that to be the case. I believe he had his team prepared. And, but, but you know, at some point, you, the, the execution on the field, you can't, always manage that you can't manage uh when you're getting you're missing blocks at the offensive line that you typically make you know you can't manage when a guy just completely whiffs on on punt team and the punt gets blocked is that were they was utah not coached well enough I, I just don't believe that's the case. I I kind of want to say was lack of execution. Yeah, and Coach Whittingham will take that on his shoulders and say we didn't get our guys prepared. I just don't believe that's true. He prepares his guys week in and week out. And his preparation all year long outside of USC and Oregon has been right on. So hmm. I just I don't know that I, I believe that's okay, true. But I do believe that, that, that Cristobal – and his staff put together a fantastic game plan that was executed extremely well by his team. So that, that was my next question. What about the coordinators? The, the way the coordinators called the game, did you feel like did you feel like Andy Ludwig called a good game or did you feel like he was did you feel like he was off base a little bit with his play calling 
I know that's that's a really hard question to ask yeah. because he's been so yeah. dialed in. I mean, you could say that because you could say that because Utah didn't produce on the offensive side. So, of course, you're going to go back to to play calling. And we 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 watched the game and and we said, well, that's that's kind of an interesting call in that situation. I'll tell you, I, I mean, things I, I there there were things I didn't like in the game necessarily, like. The several fourth and short opportunities Utah had, um, you'd, you know, you'd probably rethink some of those things. Um, and Utah was terrible on third down. So, so was Oregon, it turns out. And fourth. Yeah, fourth. That's what I was saying. Fourth down was just the, the decisions on fourth downs. That, that was, I think that's when you'd go back and, and think about again. Uh, and, and I know Oregon was stuffing the run pretty good. Uh, I, I don't know. Would, would, would you would you would you think about Zach Moss had 19 carries? Is that is that a few carries too short? Or, he had oh. Is that a few carries too short for Zach for Zach Moss? He didn't he get was, over 20. No, he had 19 carries. Hmm. So so that's kind of one of those things. What did Tyler Huntley match, end up with? Your, was he over 10? Scratch your head. Yeah, he had 14 carries. So that's what I mean. Is Tyler Huntley when Tyler Huntley runs the ball a bunch? It it just doesn't turn out well. F- for the for the use. Well, there was no question so, that Tyler Huntley was off his game. He was off his game. And and I, I got back on it for a minute. Yeah, I, I think I think that, you know, if you're nitpicking, you go back and say, Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe Zach we give Zach Moss the ball a few more times. Because he would get stuff, 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 and then he'd break a big one. And it seemed like that that it was kind of a game that was going that way. He ended up with a great average. I mean he's had five point nine yards per carry. So I just the way that this team has performed all year. I mean, it just feels like it. It wasn't. It wasn't really. It wasn't really Utah's day. It was one of those anything can happen on any given Friday, Saturday night, and and I have a hard time. We can't. Hence, we can't go back across the year and say. Andy Ludwig was really questionable this year because he was. That's not no, the case. It's not the case. He was spectacular. It's not the case. So, so then you, you know, I just don't feel comfortable saying it. Like, well, he lost his marbles in this game. No. Maybe, you, yeah. In every game, you go back and you do something different. Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't know. Maybe that happened a few more times in this game. But cr- credit Oregon. Oregon was a physical football team tonight. Yes, they were, man. You gotta credit Oregon. They came to ball. Those guys were angry, and that safety from the very outset, when he lowered his helmet and blew up Huntley and blew up Dixon, that safety was. He came to hurt people. Brady Breeze was spectacular and physical. Mm-hmm. The left offensive tackle on that Oregon offensive line, he came Penny to, Sewell. Put to, to put the hurt on a night. He wanted to shut down this defensive line, and he was spectacular. They set the tone. Yeah. And and, every, and Oregon just surrounded it. And congratulations to Mario Cristobal because I thought he put together a great game plan. I think he had his guys ready to, to just eat after two really – mediocre weeks yeah. against Arizona Very. State and Oregon State. Um, 
Frank Dolce, Hansel's, and it's your Utah postgame show. And, Frank, you said things didn't go Utah's way. And, you know, you see me here during the game. I, I chart good and bad plays. <laughs> and, and I try to chart good and bad moments. And then I try to chart some individual things. And I've got two different ways to chart. My, the, the negative plays I put in a square box and I kind of stripe lines through it to indicate negative plays. And then positive plays, I, I circle them. I kind of put a big circle around it so that I have instant reference when you and I are going through the postgame. And I'm looking through my first half of notes, which is a full sheet and a half of, so a full sheet and a half of, of paper. Mm-hmm. And it goes like this. Not one single positive for Utah in the first half. Not one. So this is what it looks like. Utah stopped on fourth and one on the Oregon 40. Moss tried to delay to the outside and just got stood up and stopped. Utah defense in their first defensive stand they got gashed. The first drive, they gave up nine plays for 67 yards, and they instantly went down 0-7. to seven. Coming up that following defensive possession, Oregon safety, Brady Breeze, helmet-to-helmet, ruled a non-targeting call on Huntley. In the same play, Dixon was nearly torn in half across the middle physicality that that was two physical plays on where you had two Utes down on the ground and you're thinking "Uh oh is Dixon gonna get up suddenly gonna get up are we looking at concussions what's going on here physicality coming up Jalen Johnson beat deep for a 40 yard strike Oregon ends up with a field goal they go up 10 nothing on Utah Oregon blocks a Utah punt Oregon comes up with a Tyler Huntley interception. Then you had a fourth and one, and Utah opts to go for it. They jump off sides. Then you've got Julian Blackman, who goes down with a non-contact injury. You lose your safety. You're seeing your safety. You lose him to a non-contact injury. All of a sudden, he's out. He's gone. And after he goes out, Frank... Oregon goes over the top. Smart. Mario's like, oh, pff, go, 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 go deep. Hit hit the back corners. And Oregon goes right over the top for a quick strike, goes up 17 to nothing. And before you go in at half, Oregon finds another field goal on a short drive to get stopped out. They go into half 20 to nothing, and I don't have a single positive note because Hundley was dropping his eyes. Moss was going down on arm tackles. Both sides of the trenches were getting dominated. Simi Mawala couldn't stop a nosebleed. He couldn't stop nothing. And, and, and I'm sitting here watching it like, I, can't, I couldn't believe what I was watching. What's it? The LA Rams defensive front? Oregon came out on fire, and they dominated that first half. And really, Utah tried. They came out in that second half, and Huntley kept his eyes up. And remember, he had that drop off to Moss, and that went down for seven points. And Huntley threw a strike to Nakua, dropped it right in the basket. That got him to 15 to 23. And then, you know, Utah creeps to within eight. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, well, it's a game. Then they just, just, just. What? What is that sound? Is that like running out of gas? Is that like uh, your flat tire? What kind of sound is that? <laughs> Every negative sound you could think of. 
flat tire, running out of gas, flatulation, a horse neighing, like every negative. Just <laughs> a horse neighing isn't negative. Oh, uh, you're right. It's kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. you gave up it's... a couple of gashing runs, and then yeah. you're like, okay, everybody, rally, 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 and Huntley throws another pick. So. Man. I'm just kind of circling everything here because of all the negativity that's on three three pages of paper here. Un, it, uncharacteristic of Utah this year. Outside, I mean, well, you know, they have the USC game, and and they did the same sorts of things against USC. Huntley ran the ball 18 times in that game, scrambled around, didn't. There, there were times I just we just watched that and and. You could see Huntley's helmet drop and look at the line of scrimmage. And rather than looking for something downfield, looking for a, a Moss or a Keithy or some crossing route that seemed like, hey, it's, it's hard because you, you never know uh, what's happening on the field. On TV, it, it's, you know, you can see everything and it, sometimes it looks easy. But we've just become so accustomed to Tyler Huntley making those plays that when when he struggled tonight, we we're just you know scratching our heads. What is what is wrong with Huntley? And I think he did. I think he got rattled. It happens. You know what? It happens. And and Oregon was really good. Their, hey. their game, game plan and execution was really good. They forced Tyler Huntley into into an uncomfortable area, and he made mistakes. Did it seem like Moss was going down easier than Moss has gone down? I, through? I you know, it's good. It's a good question uh, because we <laughs> we we've seen him we've we've seen him be so dominant in games. Um, he did get pushed off of his lane mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. early. He got hit early. He got but a lot of times he really, breaks really, those early really, hits. I know. See, so Simi Mawala was be, getting beat off the edge, and yeah. what he, what he was trying to do. Was he was trying to push the edge just wide enough that Moss could slip under the press, but that edge was turning inside and getting an arm on Moss, mm-hmm. and Moss was going down or on, getting, or on getting those turned, arm tackles, or losing, or, lo- losing momentum, and then. But it's cl- weird. Getting, How many times have we seen him do that and well, break through it and go? But that's the other thing, and is, it sucks that he has to do that. That's but. that's the other thing is that yeah. Again, against a lot of other teams, he'll he'll get turned and twisted, and he heads up field, and he's already he's getting to the second level. But in this particular game, he got turned and twisted, breaks the initial tackle, but he has no area, no room to gain any momentum again because Oregon was attacking on the defensive side from the start of the game. They were attacking the line of scrimmage. They had a bunch of people at the line of scrimmage. Kirk Herbstreet kept saying, Oregon doesn't respect Utah throwing the football. What does that tell you? Oregon is selling out against the run. I believe that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a typical situation when, when a defensive lineman breaks through, Tyler Huntley gets twisted, then he gets momentum – and he's already in the second level. He couldn't even get to the second level because he got twisted and there were two other defenders from Oregon stopping his momentum. 
He couldn't even gain momentum. So I, I just I, it was a good game plan, and it was it was executed really well. And Utah executed poorly. I mean, I, mean, I it, there's there, there's I, I think there's something to be said for that part of the game. Like Oregon outplayed Utah tonight in 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 key areas. Tonight, you're going to hear from Kyle Whittingham. We'll take some of your phone calls. Patrick Kinahan, who was there at the stadium, he'll kind of set the scene, what things looked like. So a lot to get to in the postgame. Plus, Frank and I will continue to break it down, give you more analysis from what we saw tonight in this loss for Utah. Utah really getting taken to task by Oregon in on pretty much every aspect of the game. Um, Oregon was good in special teams. Oregon was amazing defensively. Oregon dominated both sides of the trench, and they came out with an impressive win, 37-15. to 15. We'll come back, get to most of those things. That's all coming up next on your Utah Post Game Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hey, I'm here with Wick at Greenify Energy Savers. Now, Wick, I drive all over town, and I see your trucks that say, no other solar company does this. No other solar company does what? Well, Scotty, no other solar company is interested in making your home as energy efficient as possible. All they want to do is slap panels up on your roof. Our approach to going solar is unique and very hard to beat, and it all starts with an in-depth home energy audit. What kind of things are you testing during that audit? We test how leaky the home is, including windows and doors. We check the attic for proper insulation, ventilation, and temperature, and we do a really cool thermal image evaluation throughout the home that pinpoints where you are having efficiency issues. So how does that audit process integrate with going solar? By bundling the solar with the energy efficiency upgrades needed at your home, we are able to do a full home efficiency retrofit, including the solar, for the same price as others are quoting just for the solar. If you plan on going solar, give us a call. Don't wait because the 30% federal tax credit drops almost 15% at the end of the year. You must call now while there's still time to take full advantage of the tax credits. Give Greenify a call today at 801-948-4464 or check them out online at greenifyenergysavers.com. Greenify your home today. Hey, this is Chris from JCW's, the Burger Boys. We've been cooking up delicious burgers in Utah for 20 years, and I'd like to personally invite you to give us a try if you haven't already. Enjoy one of our famous burgers, a salad, world-class wings, and see why we say at JCW's, quality and a lot of it. Come in and see us at our new location in Harriman. Welcome back to Utah Post Game Show. Hans Olsen, Frank Dolce, taking you through this Utah loss, second loss in consecutive years in the Pac-12 championship game. This one, 37-15 to the Oregon Ducks that found room on the ground for 239 yards. Most disappointing number for the night, in your opinion, Frank? Or is it fourth down conversion issues? Is it... Or is it no, just how many no. rushing yards you yeah. gave up? Where, where's yeah. the the biggest disappointment for Frank Dolce? Yeah, two two hundred thirty nine yards. That cha- that that's a game changer. That's a game changer to me. Herbert was was okay. Uh, he made some incredible throws, and and then he he made some terrible throws. He was okay, fourteen fourteen to twenty six. That's not great, but. C.J. Verdell had 18 carries for 208 yards. That's 11.6 yards per carry. Three touchdowns. That's the, that's the most disappointing number. Utah's lack of ability to stop the run game. And it always gets Utah into trouble. When, when, when Utah doesn't manage the run game, it seems like that's the, that's the Achilles heel. 
so, so to me, that's the one. T- nine tackles for loss is also a number that's hard to take. Oregon had nine tackles for loss. What does that tell you? It's just exactly what you're talking about. Utah's losing the battle at the line of scrimmage. Where is the football game won? Getting punked. Where's the football game won and right lost? Right there in the heart. It's in the heart, it's man. It's right there. If you didn't look at anything else, nine tackles for loss, 239 yards rushing, that probably gives you a pretty good indication of how the, how the game went tonight. 239 yards on the ground for Oregon, 193 yards through the air for Justin Herbert. And there was a moment there, Frank, in the third quarter that Oregon got the – sorry, Utah got the pressure and Herbert disappeared. Talk about what Utah was doing differently there. Can I just say one thing that's bothering me a little bit? Yeah. All of these idiots on social media who are talking about myself – and including you in some of this as well, and how we were praising Utah leading up to this game, could you please stop? Could you please have some sense of reality? This is a Utah football team heading into this game at 11-1, in the conversation for the college football playoff, ranked number five in the country, playing in the Pac-12 championship for the second year in a row. And so we're not supposed to praise that team. Please. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I understand fandom, and I understand the nonsense that goes back and forth. But please, just stop. It's ridiculous. I like good football. I like to cover good football. Um, (laughs) I I like teams that show toughness and physicality. Utah was doing all those things. And I know people are going to be go back to that. Well, they didn't get tested. Well, either did Oregon. It then, well, Oregon played Auburn. Well, they lost to Auburn. Yeah. So, well, that, but still, Auburn was good competition. No, hold on. They they, they lost to Auburn. Let, let's not forget that they lost to Auburn. So yeah, maybe they had a moment. But where was Oregon last year this time? They weren't playing a Pac-12 championship game. Mm-mm. So Utah, this team largely was prepared and tested and ready. They just played Washington in this game a year ago, and they knew what to expect here. Mm-hmm. Well, but Oregon played Auburn. Well, they lost to Auburn. <laughs> yeah, but they played Auburn. <laughs> that's the one. Well, that's they freaking the, lost to Auburn. That's the one. Is that one game on the Does that make the difference tonight, that one game on the schedule that happened in week one? <laughs> week one. So wow. I – it really is confusing. I get it, though. You're right. Like, the, you know, fans definitely feel a flood of emotions tonight, and that's Absolutely. understandable. And I'm not going to tell people how they should or shouldn't feel, but it's just funny because people go on the attack, and they, you know, they want to find reasons to be angry and who to be mad at, and sometimes it's us, and that's yeah, fine. I guess so. That's absolutely fine. 855-340-9663 as we wait for Kyle Whittingham's sound. Again, 855-340-9663 to jump on with Frank Dolce. Let's start with Tim. You're up first with Frank. Go ahead, Tim. Hey, guys. I'm not mad at you. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> The first thing I want to say is to Kyle Whittingham, uh, 11 and 2. I know for sure 
when Kyle does that, it's done fair and square. He doesn't cheat. He does. He does a stand-up job. So whether it's seven to five, eleven to two, whatever the record is, thank you, Kyle. You're a great coach. Uh, great job leading our team. Um, I also want to say that you know our offensive line. It is. It is a weakness. I mean, that's everybody was coming through. But you know, Oregon has you know amazing athletes. They get four and five star recruits all the time. Um, and I'd like to say congratulations to Oregon, but I wish you guys would represent the Pac-12 because you you decide that this Utah game is really important, but the Oregon State game and the Auburn game and the Arizona State game, I mean, you just don't even show up. So it would be nice if uh, the USC's and the uh, Oregon's actually came to play and stayed focused all season long. Yeah, thanks for the call, Tim. Appreciate it. 855-340-9663. I just sent out a tweet that said, the Pac-12 has mastered the art of keeping themselves out of the football playoff. They've mastered the art of keeping themselves out of the college football playoff. And it's to Tim's point. Hey, Oregon. How come you're going to focus in a Pac-12 championship, but when you're playing a middle-of-the-pack Arizona State team, you completely lose focus and you lose that game three weeks ago? How does that happen to you? Utah, you got all the momentum and you got all the advantage and you you had this t- this game. You you had every advantage in this game. You You've got the personnel – and you've got a solid team, and you had the experience from last year's Pac-12 championship. And and what happens? You come out in the first half, and you look like you're asleep in the trenches. You're getting whipped in the trenches. When I've seen this Utah team multiple times, Nick Ford, Lecky Fotu, Mika Tafua, Darren Paulo, John Penasini, I've watched them in the trench completely changed the tide with the anger and ferocity that they were playing with. Where was that? What happened? Why did you cower? Why why did you allow yourself to get pushed and walled off and angled and and not fight? How you know you decide so what it what it tells me when coaches go for it on fourth and one, what it tells me is that a coach has faith in his offensive line and faith in his running back. Mm-hmm. Enough that a, a team has to respect that offensive line and that running back, and it opens up things to Keithy and receivers and quick slants. Sure. Well, so they showed faith in their offensive line, and they just said, no, nope, not tonight. No. Don't have it. It's not in the tank. They're getting the angle. They're getting the press. They're getting off the ball. So, <laughs> I don't know what to do, man. There goes that. Punt. Oh, man. Punt it. Oh, man. Yeah, but we're yeah, on there 40. Rough, this is kind of the soft night. zone. We don't know what to do. Punt it. I can't do yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And it was weird. You see them go for it on fourth and one on the 50, and then they're on the 40 yeah. on a fourth and one, and they punt, and you're just like, wait, wait. Yeah. It was, where are you here? Yeah. So, I, I don't like the second guess going for it on fourth and one. I don't. I, that's not something I'm real good at because I would go for it on every fourth and one, fourth and two. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, we can get two yards. Yeah. We got Zach Moss. Yeah. Give him an angle. You can get two. You're like, that's my thought behind it. So mm-hmm. I don't like to second guess it. But Oregon did a fantastic job of just dominating in those trenches. They, they were just uh, 
super focused, super committed to the to stopping the run game. Excellent execution. I I saw you, you know I saw Utah offensive linemen, offensive players that looked off balance in in, in their blocking sets. They just looked off balance. And I don't I don't know if that's Oregon was so tremendously quick or fast or or if or or it was the particular angle or what. But Utah didn't look s- steady at at the line of scrimmage, uh, and and so. Typically, I would say if if Utah's going for it on fourth down, you know, 75, 80% of the time they're going to get it, and they just were nonproductive in that area tonight. Third and fourth down were really difficult downs for Utah. Richard's up next on the postgame show. Richard, go ahead. Yeah, I guess uh, my question is, when we talk about they played Auburn first of the year, wouldn't that help Utah on the big stage if we did play an early game? So when we have big games like this, it's not just a new thing. It's not the big thing of the year. Because our big stage games this year were USC in this game. I would like to see an early game in the year, and I think that will help when we play Florida in 2022. That's going to help us tremendously, I think, down. So, but an early big game in the, for the season, I think, would help us th- uh, throughout the year. So, yeah. so Richard, I, I appreciate the comment, and thanks for the call, 855-340-9663. But I, I just – I've got to I've got to drill holes in it because Utah loses to USC and they look at the path to the Pac-12 championship and what was that path Frank undefeated from there on you had out to go undefeated and get help every game from that moment was a huge game mm-hmm. and I don't care how you feel about Arizona or Arizona State or Colorado I don't care how you feel about those games and those teams. They're Pac-12 teams. They've got great talent. They're, they're Some of them are very well coached. And you had to win all eight. You're telling me you, that those weren't pressured packed moments? You're telling me that they couldn't get what they needed to get out of those freaking games that they have to play in LSU and in Auburn to start the season to really get a sense of what football is all about. They had to win eight straight games against the same level of opponent that Oregon had to. And Oregon couldn't get it done. They fell to Arizona State. Well, did the Auburn game help them against Arizona State three weeks ago? No, it didn't. They fell flat against Arizona State. And all of a sudden, Oregon figures things out. So you're telling me Arizona State wasn't a huge moment for Oregon because they're looking now at a one-loss season, and if they could get past Arizona State and then the following week get past uh or, Oregon State. So Arizona State and Oregon State. Well, then, then they're still – think about this. If they don't stumble against Arizona State, even though they had Auburn to get them ready for it, they would have been in the college football playoffs right now. Absolutely. So I don't – I just don't like it. I don't I don't like it. So I, – I, but I to, to your point, Richard, and, and by the way, I'm, I, I don't mean to sound like I'm yelling at you. I think that it's a fair <laughs> point because yeah. I would like to see better games in non-conference for Utah. I would. I would. I, I mean, it, even even if you risk loss, I think it would be fun. It would be nice. And, and we are going to get to see Florida in 20, 2023 or something. 2022 or 2023. So Yeah. I do think that the adversity of the USC loss – focused this football team and that that was beneficial in going on the 
the eight-game run for Utah. I, I do think that was beneficial. I think it's, you know, I think it's something not to not to be overlooked. The level of competition you're playing, especially early in the season, because you can overcome an early season loss. Uh, so yeah, I, I think a little overcoming a little bit of that adversity is absolutely helpful. And by the way, when did I help me understand, Frank? Help me understand when Arizona and Washington and Arizona State and Cal and UCLA, help me understand when they became not big programs, not testing games, not. So are you telling me that they just went through just a a limp biscuit schedule? Wait a second. I, Washington and Cal in UCLA, these are all juggernaut schools that have great recruiting and have a lot of money to put into their programs. You know, maybe they're not Auburn, but this year there weren't a lot of teams that were Auburn. You know, they just knocked off Alabama. It's a tough thing to do. So I, I understand that Auburn was a big-time task, but – Man, you you are tested against Arizona State when they're ranked number 17 in the country and you lost to USC 2 weeks previous and now you're you're now you're at home against the number 17 team in the country. You can't afford another loss. Herm Edwards is staring across the field. This is the Arizona State team that beat Oregon mm-hmm. and you had them 2 weeks after you lost to USC and it was a must win. So all of a sudden that means nothing? Mm-mm. Help me understand where I'm. I, I don't know. I don't know. When, when don't did know Utah fans? When did Utah fans just junk Washington, UCLA, Colorado, Arizona, Cal, Arizona State? I'm not going to throw Oregon State, Washington State. When did they just junk them and say, "Well, you got to put better talent in there"? And then they chomp it around. They're like, well, SEC bias, SEC bias. But then Oregon beats Utah. And it's like, well, you, Utah didn't get tested like Oregon did against Auburn because they played an SEC team. So I'm just frustrated with the whole conversation of it. Am I off base? Help me. Help because me, if I'm not seeing this clearly, then I would like to see it clearly. But I put a lot of weight into these teams that have a tremendous amount of recruiting. Chris Peterson's a great coach. I know Washington had their struggles, but still it's a tough game to win. Yeah. And Chris Peterson's a fantastic coach. Uh, And, you know, Utah went through that kind of a a gauntlet I thought was going to be a gauntlet, and they managed those teams. And, and, you know, that's one of the other things is the way Utah managed some of these teams in the Pac-12, all of a sudden your expectations change about what this what this team should be you know there's and that's okay uh but utah managed all of these teams so handily that it kind of makes you think well maybe you know the competition isn't great but those that same competition was beating each other up throughout the throughout the football season so and it's really it's it's really hard to go through i mean the sec certainly that's a that's that's a tough conference. I mean, when you're talking about teams like Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Georgia, 
those those are those are good football teams. Those are great football programs. Yeah, some of the impressions. And, and, and those gonna those are gonna be tough to beat. Absolutely. Big Ten, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan's a beatable team. Minnesota's a beatable team. Uh, I think I, I like the matchup, Utah against a lot of those Big Ten teams. Ohio State's just the one that's going to, you know, they, they seem to be on top of everybody this year. What, what, but what's the ACC? Is the ACC a premier conference? They have Clemson. That's why I'm saying I, I still don't so, feel like and, they've and, been and truly the, tested. The, the Big 12, Oklahoma and Baylor, everybody's so f- high on Oklahoma State. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Baylor is having a terrific year. I like Oklahoma. I, I like their. I like the head coach. I love Jalen Hurts. But as, as you go through the Big Twelve, I mean, I think that's also. You, you take a look at that and you say, yeah, I, I think Utah would have a pretty decent shot in there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just I like the idea of having some adversity. I think it's helpful. Utah overcame that adversity against against USC. It's just. You know, you take a tough loss like this, and and everybody kind of loses loses their minds. It's hey, it's it was one of those. It's just one of those nights. It was just I don't I don't I don't know exactly how to explain I, it. I just went just through the negatives. Yeah, it's all of the I negatives. Mean, you lost the, the battle. Negatives are deep. You, you lost the battle at the line of scrimmage. I don't think anybody expected that. You got out physicaled. You're the most physical team in the conference, and you got out physicaled by Oregon tonight they attacked on both sides of the ball and and so I I would say rather than giving all of this stuff about Utah wasn't tested and the schedule was too soft and they weren't prepared and they didn't have this or they didn't have that I would say no Utah was was right where they should be and and Oregon was better tonight they were better tonight man they were better tonight. they were juiced up they brought the physicality uh they made the big plays when they needed to make big plays to set the tone early they did a lot of fantastic things 855-340-9663 it's the frank dolce utah post game show uh let's jump out to brian you're up next with frank go ahead brian Hey guys, I appreciate your analysis love listening to you guys um and you've talked a little bit about how Utah was dominated in the trenches, and hands. I really enjoy your breakdown of, you know, the offensive defensive line. I'm just wondering if you guys could talk a little bit more about how we, you know, how that happened, and how we allowed Oregon to dominate on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage. Specifically, since throughout the entire season, we've tended to really do the opposite and dominate the other teams rather than be dominated. I wonder if you could give a little bit more breakdown on what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. Are you just thinking about it? No, I'm. I'm just letting. I just w- want to hear your comments on it. Well, I was just kind of waiting to hear your comments on it. <sighs> um, <laughs> we're both staring at each well, other like. Well, first of all, thanks for the call, Brian. And, and thanks, Brian. Yeah. So th- this is a really difficult aspect of the game, and this is really tough because it takes a lot of guessing. Because there's seven guys on a defensive front, and there's five guys. And a lot of times, if you're running um, a 12 personnel uh, or a 21 or a 22, then you're dealing with six and seven guys on the front. 
And in order to give a, a true evaluation of just how dominant across the board the trench was, it takes extensive review and film work. So a lot of times you just look at numbers and you're like, oh, my goodness, 232 yards. It was a complete domination of that defensive front. Well, it certainly felt that way. Mm -hmm. It felt like they were getting moved and walled. Mm -hmm. It felt like they were getting pressed. In fact, in the first quarter, even on a play action, you and I were watching, and I said, look at this. And and dude's getting thrown three or four yards deep, and it could have been illegal or ineligible receiver downfield. Right. Because he chucked the defensive lineman. And and kind of followed him three yards downfield. So it was physical, it was brutal, and it was incredible to watch this Utah defense line get walled off and taken advantage of. But I really, in order to give a fair evaluation and to be able to give Brian a fair answer to just why and how dominant, well, they were juiced. They are very well coached. you got to remember, Mario Cristobal is a former offensive lineman at the highest level. You know, he's the head coach of the Oregon Ducks lives, breathes and dies offensive line play. It's his passion at the Pac-12 media days for the last two years. I've sat for 20, 30 minutes after our interview and I've been able to just kind of pick his brain on things. Uh, Just the way he goes about his offensive philosophies. And his his idea was to come in, get more physical, and see if they could establish the run. And, Frank, you said it best. It's the first time all year we saw a team commit to it and say, no, screw it. I don't care that they give up 56 yards a game. They don't give up 56 yards a game to us because we have been averaging 180 yards a game. Well, they went. 45, 50 yards over their average against a team that gives up 56 yards on the ground. Mm -hmm. They don't give a damn. They went right at your strength, and they did it better than you. And if you want some of the specifics, the three interior guys are NFL guys. They're combo blocking, and and that's one thing I showed you on the Oregon breakdown. Their combo blocking is spectacular. It's clean. They're aggressive on the down lineman. If the down lineman's not moved, they're not leaving the down lineman. And too often, offensive line will leave the down lineman because they think, well, I think we've got him tied up. I'm going to go to this guy. They're so good at staying on the down lineman, just to get a little more specific. So, Frank, I could go on forever on that. Justin Herbert had a terrific first half. He had a, he had a decent second half. And what was the difference in the second half with Justin Herbert? Pressure. pressure. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Pressure. And and Tyler Huntley faced that pressure all night long. Rarely. I mean, he threw a touchdown pass. He wasn't under pressure. He made a couple good passes. He wasn't under pressure. He faced that pressure all night long. The point I'm trying to make is you have a uh, an NFL quarterback in Justin Herbert makes all the throws, but when his offensive line lost at the line of scrimmage, then Justin Herbert was average. And Zach Moss, arguably the best running back in Utah history, 
and Tyler Huntley, who's put together arguably a top five performance, quarterback performance in Utah history, when their offensive line, when the line of scrimmage doesn't win, then those guys become average. And that's mm-hmm. ki- kind of what happened tonight. The, the, difference, the difference in the game was, was right up front. Was right up front. The, physic, the physicality at the line of scrimmage. And, and that's, that's why I, 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 I love the way that Coach Whittingham has built this program because I think he's built it inside out, right? It, he starts at the line of scrimmage. And and he builds it out from that from yeah. that point. That's that's what Cristobal has has done. That's what he's doing at Oregon. He's building that program from the inside out. Yeah, he is absolutely. And he came into Utah and got one of the best in the country. He snuck right no. into St. George and no kidding took Sewell. That guy is good, and he took his brother. <laughs> his so brother's going up there too. He's so good, man. He is so good. Let's take a quick break, uh, and we'll come back to some more of your phone calls, more analysis, 855-340-9663. Also, hear from Kyle Whittingham next. It's always hard. Sometimes on an on-air relationship, you know, when you're doing post, pre and post with somebody for so long and you're used to making them laugh and then you throw a joke at them and then they just don't laugh anymore. It's when did you stop finding me funny? And like, when did, when did you fall out of like with me? Are you talking about what happened during the break? Yeah. That was completely inappropriate. What you were, what you were doing and showing that that was completely inappropriate. That's, there's nothing funny about that. And and by the way, this is my team. I mean, three weeks ago, you would you would have laughed. These are my guys. I probably would have laughed. You found me funny three. If weeks you ago. said it about a different team, but then you said it about my team, and they've just taken a terrible loss on a terrific season. It put such a damper on what was an amazing season. Listen, we were talking about, is this the best team in Utah history? Like f- five hours ago, <laughs> we, were, we were saying stuff like that. So, and then they take this horrible loss, and I maybe, were you trying to cheer me up? Is that what you were trying to do? Yeah. I appreciate the effort. And uh, maybe I'll find humor in it some other time. I think you're very witty, however. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Frank Dolce, Hans Olsen, your Utah postgame show. Kyle Whittingham took to the podium after this game went final. Utah losing to Oregon 37-15. Here's Kyle. Here's a row. It's a lot of good things, uh, but unfortunately we came up short tonight. Um, you know, the disappointing thing is we, we lost the game really in the one area that we've been undefeated this year is the line of scrimmage. We did not win the line of scrimmage for the first time all season, which was, uh, like I said, disappointing and uh, surprising, really. Uh, but credit Oregon, they're, they're good up front. That offensive line is physical. They played well in the front seven on defense, and uh, they deserve a lot of credit. Uh, you know, as poor as we were in the first half, going in 20 nothing, we fought back. And we just, when it got to be 23-15, 
we were in it. And when we had them 23-15 and on the 10-yard line, uh, you know, 90 yards to go, I thought we were in pretty good shape. And, and uh, they proceeded to go 90 yards on us and hit that, I don't know how long that run was, 60, 70 yards. Uh, that really, we never really recovered from that. But uh, like I said, proud of these guys. They hung in there. They didn't, they didn't quit. There's no quitting these guys. And uh, congratulations to Oregon. Uh, it's a good football team, like I said. And, and uh, you know, just have to come back here next year until we get it right. We just keep coming back until we get it right. So that's where we're at. All right, we'll go ahead and take questions for Coach of the student athletes. Please raise your hand with your microphone. Uh, lack of a better term, did they out-Utah you tonight? I mean, the line of scrimmage and the rushing stats and things like that? Well, we're usually the more physical team. Like I said, even in the loss earlier in the season, uh, we won the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that, that loss was not due to line of scrimmage play. So I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that uh, they beat us uh, with our strength and you know, where our strength lied. And, and, uh, but they're, they've been physical all year long, too. I mean, they're, they're, they're a good football team. They've won... Uh, 10 games for a reason, 11 now. And so it's two good teams going at it. Zach was so much on the line tonight. How does this game leave you feeling? The really is that it lost words. Uh, you know, um, like Coach said, we just lost the battle in the trenches where we had been good at all year. Um, we felt confident coming in that we were going to do that again. You know, uh, their offensive line versus our D line, our D line versus the offensive line. Um, but things didn't shape out that way, but, you know, uh, this one definitely hurt. Uh, but we got another game, so uh, go ahead and ship our focus there. For uh, Zach and Coach, uh, you both talk about you did come back, made it a game, but can you talk about how costly the first half was? You had four, five possessions where you got inside the 40 and came away with nothing on those. Yeah, I'll, I'll first make the first comments. You know, we didn't have an ideal start by any means. That first quarter, we threw an interception. We got stuffed on a fourth and short. We had a punt blocked. It seemed like everything that could go wrong went wrong in that first quarter. And uh, didn't get a lot of production on offense uh, in that first quarter, the first half for that matter. But but you judge the game in its entirety, like I always say. And, and when you look at it in its entirety, then, you know, what I've, my comments I've already made are really, uh, you know, told, told the story. Yeah, uh, you don't win the game in the first half. You know, um, defense did a really good job of just controlling the damage as much as they could. Um, and we came back out 15 to 23, uh, battled our way back in, but we just didn't win the fourth quarter. And that's uh, what we've been really good at all year. So. Go to the front with Josh. Kyle, the decision to punt on fourth and four down 23 15. Did you consider going for that? How much of the not getting the fourth downs earlier played into that? Yeah, not getting the fourth downs earlier played into it. Uh, but when we were going earlier, it was a multiple score game. It was a one score game at 23 15. And so wouldn't have done anything different there. And, and like I said, we pinned them on the 10. And, and I would have bet the house that uh, our defense would have been able to get a stop. And we've got the number one run defense in the country. And so just had a lot of confidence in them at that point. And uh, they just creased us on one. And, and that was. Uh, like I said, it's something we couldn't recover from, it seemed like. Zach, uh, can you d describe, I guess, the, the first series when uh, you got stopped on third and one and fourth and one, what what that sort of did to um, maybe put you back on your heels? Um, 
the first drive you didn't stop on that fourth and short. Uh, I don't think that was detrimental to our offense. Um, we just never really got rolling, and we never really, you know, we played behind the stakes a few times. Um, and they have some good pass rush, so they made it tough on uh, Tyler to do some things in the pocket. But uh, that first drive, I don't think, really uh, did anything. Did you guys see a replay on that, the Vickers run? Because it was second second down when he ran the ball, and, and I thought he got the first on that drive, that exact spot you're t- talking about. Did you show it on the booth up in the box? Did he get it? Not in your head, Kurt? Yeah. yeah, okay. Thought about challenging that, but they were looking at it and they told me they were looking at it. But anyway, I was interesting to watch that play because uh, could have shifted the momentum early in the game. But sidebar, pay no attention to that. Well, you just talking about why uh, they were able to run the ball so effectively. Was it all about the trenches or was it more of a I mean, that's, that's something we've been doing well all year. And I guess tonight we just we just didn't do it well. I, uh, we weren't. I mean, there were some some gaps that were there, and then we, we didn't make we didn't make tackles. We didn't we didn't hold we didn't hold them to what we thought we, we should have. Kyle, do you, do you feel like the the chatter about the expectations going into this game for this program, you felt like it bled into the start potentially tonight? You know, you guys always talk about not reading into things externally and staying in house as much mm-hmm. as possible, but you think maybe the the stakes of this game might have played a factor in the slow start. You know, I didn't sense that. Um, and we moved the ball well that first drive or down the field until we stalled, like like we just talked about. But uh, I, I don't think so. I think our guys handled it the right way. We just didn't play very well tonight. Kyle, did you get any explanations on, especially the second non-targeting call that they didn't review? No, all they told me was... Uh, they were looking at it and they came over and they said incomplete pass. I said, yeah, no kidding, incomplete pass. What about the targeting? And, and they say, oh, they, you know, nothing there, nothing there. So, so yeah, that was my explanation. Back left, way in the back here, Kyle. Do you know is the Julian have a serious injury? Appears to be, and uh, also R.J. Hubert. And so that's a shame. Uh, both first and second free safety. Uh, looks like it may be significant. We'll find out. Let you know. We will let you know that next week. Kyle, um, because of the result tonight, this will probably be the third straight year Pac-12 doesn't send a team to the playoff. You've had good teams. Other Oregon has had good teams. Why do you think it's been so hard for one of the league's teams to, to make it up since the top four? You know, I, I've been asked that a lot of times uh, in the last couple of years, three or four years, and, and I pretty much always have the same answer. you got, you got a very balanced league. you got nine conference games. It's tough to come out of it. You got to you got to pretty much run the table in conference, and you know non-conference as well. You 12, 12 and all, eleven and one. I mean that's that's pretty much what you got to be, and and uh, you know nobody's been able to do that because we beat each other up every year, and we play the, that ninth game, which gives you another opportunity to take a loss, and and so you know there's there's been a lot of balance and a lot of I hate the word parity, but uh, competitive. It's a very competitive conference. And uh, I can't remember the last time anybody ran the table in league play. I can't remember. Been a while. Right in the back, Warren. Kyle, their uh, their D line put a lot of pressure on Tyler tonight, and of course they, they stopped the run. Um, did you see anything different from them from their defensive front, and did they show anything different? Not a lot. You know, they did a nice job with their pressures. They they brought uh, they brought some good pressures, and and uh, we didn't handle them as well as we probably should have. 
But, uh, you know, they got good players. Those linebackers are tough and active. And, uh, you know, they won 10 games for a reason. I mean, they're, they're a good team. And we're not trying to say that uh, we played some, some uh, average outfit. They're a really good football team. Terrell, how hard is it to, to see guys like Blackman and Herbert Cooper go out having that inconsistency, knowing that you know the guys that you've been playing with so long, like, how does that work and being able to gel? Um, I mean, it's tough. You know, you never want to see somebody go down, but in this program, we teach the next man up. So, you know, if I still came in, and we just try to just do what we can, what we have, and just play people. Terrell, with so much at stake for you seniors tonight, how do you put this into perspective? Uh, it sucks. I mean, no one wants to lose. No one wants to lose any game. Nobody wants to lose a championship game. But I mean, you know, we got another another chance to play with each other, so we got to just go out the best way we can at this point. Any other questions for coach and student athletes? All right, gentlemen, thank you. There you go, Kyle uh, Whittingham with Zach Moss and others there on the board. Tyler Huntley also addressed the media after this game went final. Utah losing to Oregon 37 to 15. If you're just tuning in, here's Tyler Huntley. Feelings after that loss? We lost. Mm-hmm. What you want, man? We lost. Just come ready to play the next game. Does that mean something to you, considering you guys still got one game together? Yeah, we would have had two if we would have won. I mean, with this group, I mean, obviously the battle was lost in the trenches. How, how do you regroup with the offensive line and what you're able to do? There ain't nothing they, that they can't do. They, they could do it. Just, it. just ain't happening today. Where, where do you personally think it went wrong? Ooh, we weren't ready to play. Is there any, anything that went into that coming in, or was it just... They jumped out on us and we just didn't battle back. You guys haven't really this year. Does that play a role in tonight? Or no. No. We haven't been a close game because we was playing good. Today we played bad. When, when you can't get any any movement and you know those short yardage situations, I mean, how do you group and try to to do that? Obviously tonight it worked. Where, where do you think you can progress from that move? Forward? I know we gotta watch film and see what what we went wrong. Got the fact that you guys win, you're probably gonna be in that playoff talk. How frustrating, how disappointing is it with everything that was at stake that you guys came out with a game like? It's disappointing because um, no offense to Oregon, but we should have we, we we if we would have came out and did what we did, you know, we could have been in a better position. But now, it's, I don't know. Does that make this result harder tomorrow? Definitely. What's the problem on fourth and short? You guys have had a problem the last. Uh, he just asked me that question. I don't know. We gotta go in the film and watch. Okay. You're obviously a very competitive person. I mean, how how much does this sting for you personally? A lot. My senior year and um, the stage was set. We just didn't show up. How surprised were you? Kyle said that they won the battle of the trenches. With that in mind, how surprised were you that that actually happened? It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. Happen. When, when did you when did you sense the? 
Everybody know yeah, Acting like y'all wasn't watching the game Y'all acting like y'all wasn't watching the game We was down what 17 zip Yeah it's going wrong Couple more guys Tyler Huntley in no mood to talk to the media after this game. But Frank, you kind of hear his tone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, take us through some of the emotions that he's going through. Oh, listen, I was, I, I went through a very similar situation. Uh, undefeated, regular conference schedule, playing the national championship game. And we took a loss, a game we shouldn't have lost. Got outplayed, got out schemed, got outplayed, got out executed maybe reading our press clippings, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, I don't know how long it took me to get over that. It's a horrible feeling. It's a feeling of (laughs) like it's a hole that you just don't know how you're going to dig out of it. I understand it's a football game, but it's meaningful. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the amount of time and the amount of effort and the commitment that you this isn't something that you just to 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 participate at this level and to have the success that Utah had this year you are all in yep like everything you have is focused on winning football games it's not like this well you, you don't go in with an attitude of well, we may win and we may lose today, but whatever, you know, it's you're you go in every game and you're going to and and this is a situation that that Tyler was saying a bunch of seniors came back. He's a senior. Everything was sitting right there on the platter. And and then you just you can't it doesn't work out. You can't execute like you should or like you have. And the de- the the drop the down on that is that's that's super low it's super low i completely understand where he's coming from Anybody that's competed for that long, and Frank, I know you did it. I, I certainly did it where, you know, you're in a lot of different games and a lot of different championship looks. You know, my senior year in high school, we lost the state championship, and we'd fought to get back to the state championship. And it was my senior year, and I was very dominant in the middle, and I was controlling things most of the year. And this team figured out a way to get away from me. And they figured out a trap play on the guy that played next to me. And there was just nothing that we could do. And I kept telling the guy how to play it. And he couldn't get it done. And they trapped him. And they just kept going. And I was trying to rotate sides. And then they were just audibling at the line. And they, they figured things out. And they ended up beating us. And it, it, it killed me. It was horrible. Um, we had a couple of losses in, in college that were just terrible. I'll never forget the first NFL playoff that, uh, that I got to be a part of. And I wasn't playing. I was a bubble guy. I was on the, the roster. And it was a $16,000 game to me. We win that game. I make an extra $16,000 the next week. So it was everything to me. And Peyton went out and threw four interceptions. In, in the playoff game, and we lost, and I lost the money. And to me, it was more about the money at that point. It's a business. <laughs> it's just business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're playing for money, and it's like, oh, my gosh, how did we flop? How did Peyton do that? How did? And this stuff happens. 
you just have terrible performances that you fall flat on your face and and like Huntley said well how are you gonna get over it well you gotta we gotta get ready for the bowl game and play that game we would have had two but we've got one it's it's so hard to answer those questions well you know how disappointed hey Tyler how disappointed are you with a loss like this it it seems to come from a place of so little understanding I mean I guess I understand why they asked the question but it's just if you if you've ever been in that situation you know how how uh, how low Tyler Huntley is right now and he's put you know that's a guy that's dedicated all of his effort to this football program super super disappointing by the way for you were the were the cowboy boots kind of a consolation for you that year <laughs> that you received because because did give you a, a nice pair of I think he made a nice pair of custom cowboy boots I know you didn't get sixteen grand but you got the cowboy boots that's uh, something that that wasn't that wasn't the playoff last year that was the year after oh so yeah well I'm sorry to open that wound. No, you're not. No, you not you probably. wanted you definitely wanted to open that wound. Probably not. Please. I could tell when you want to open up wounds, and you wanted to just open you know, that wound. Why, how, why don't you think I'm funny? Uh, I don't know. Give me a day. <laughs> I just need I need a day, and maybe we will get back to anyway. That listen, that hey, Tyler Huntley, that guy. I have nothing re- but respect for that guy. He he's. He's transformed himself. He transformed himself this year. That's an unbelievable, unbelievably difficult thing to do. Yeah. He became a quarterback. He's always been kind of a leader and in, and in, and in, an effort kind of guy. He's always worked hard in the film room and making sure he's prepared to play. He changed his game this year. Little help from Andy Ludwig. And nothing but respect for what that guy has accomplished and and how he's managed his role and led this football team. And I, you know, I, I no no apologies necessary for how disappointed he is. Yeah, because he did play a tremendous season. Absolutely, and, and he's the one that got them in the position to play in that Pac-12 championship. Eight five five three four zero nine six six three. Ron, you're up next with Frank. Go ahead, Ron. Ron, are you there? Go ahead. What's up, guys? Oh, there, there you are, Ron. There he is. Hey, you're up with Frank yeah. Dolce. Go ahead, man. Just to quote the great Herb Brooks, who coached the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team, yeah. great moments are born from great opportunity, and that's what the youth had tonight, boys. <laughs> yeah. And they blew it. <laughs> Look, they absolutely choked it. I mean, I don't. it doesn't matter – you know, they had a down night, Oregon played good, this, that, whatever. They blew it. And I think the national media talking about how dominating this defense is and they've blown everybody out. Well, look, the fact of the matter is they arguably had one of the easiest Pac-12 schedules ever. Not No fault of their own, okay? They had, they had five home games, four road games. Two of those road games were against Arizona, who's a train wreck. OSU, that, that speaks for itself. The Huskies is a nice win, but they still had a bunch of their, their you know, skill players out that game, and they lost to USC. You can't play Idaho State High School, you know, and Northern Illinois and expect to play the big boys in the Pac-12 championship and, and be ready for it. And I got one other thing to say. 
this is a bold statement, okay? But I'm going to say it. Kyle Whittingham is a phenomenal coach. There's no doubt. I think everybody that knows football knows he's a great coach. But if Kyle Whittingham wants to cement his legacy, and if he wants to go to another level as a premier college coach where people will look back as at his legacy, the guy has to win some big-time games. He has not won a Pac-12 championship, okay? He's won some decent, nice little bowl games. But look, the time has come where if you want to cement your legacy, Kyle, you've got to win some of these big-time games. That's all I got to say. It's just they missed an opportunity big time. Appreciate the call. I, I certainly don't mind bold takes, and that's what the postgame show is all about. I, I'll never wrong somebody for their bold takes. 855-340-9663. Frank, would you like to comment on anything that he said? Well, you know, I, I think Coach Whittingham went undefeated. By the way, Ron, I think that was a great call. I mean, yeah. Great opening and, yeah. and and some fun comments and some good stuff. So thank you for the call. Yeah, and, and they beat, beat Alabama two, 2009, 2008, 2009 season. That's pretty big. I mean, that's, that's pretty substantial. Nick Saban's coaching at Alabama at that point. So, so uh, and, and, you know, to say that this program and Coach Whittingham hasn't been able to get it done in the Pac-12, um, that, I think that's something everybody wants, not, not, not the least of whom is Kyle Whittingham. Uh, it was a tremendous opportunity for Utah. Um, they, they got outplayed tonight, uh, and it's su- super disappointing, significantly disappointing. And over time, I think we'll see this as a as a fantastic football season, um, and we'll we'll always look back. I, I but I, but I but I will say this: we'll always look back on this one and say, you know, what could have been with this with this with this team? What could have been? Um, and it was just it's it's a really unfortunate way to end what was other you know otherwise a really tremendous campaign i just don't think we saw i i don't what, what we saw tonight i don't believe is the is the utah football team we saw for the majority of the season yeah <laughs> through these eight games yeah specifically I, yes yeah i it, it and i you know i don't it's a it's a blown game for sure i don't disagree with that it's a blown game but i also feel like this is this is this was not utah executing at its best so and 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 by the way coach whittingham will place the blame on his shoulders no question about it he's a stand-up guy and and he'll say if he hasn't already he'll say it starts right at the top we didn't get those guys prepared. They weren't coached well enough, and he's got to do. And and I still believe that there's no better guy than Kyle Whittingham for the job. I'd agree with that. I would agree with that. I I can't name a better coach that could get you to back-to-back Pac-12 championships. That's pretty big feat. You know, that's a really big feat to get a team back to a Pac-12 championship 
is really difficult to do. 855-340-9663. We'll come back, give you our final thoughts on this game. Take any final phone calls if you want to jump on. 855-340-9663. And I'm going to try to catch up with Scotty G. I'd like to know the impact of this loss. Where does this put Utah? Do they still have an opportunity at a New Year's Six with the Cotton Bowl? Or was this embarrassing enough that it bumps them out of that? And how much does it really depend on how much occurs tomorrow? Who wins, who loses, Mm -hmm. and who falls out of the look? Um, we'll see if we can kind of put a bow on that and and uh, and wrap this postgame show up. That's coming up next, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hi, this is Ned Siegfried. You know Siegfried and Jensen can help you if you've been in an accident. However, one thing we can't do for you is change the amount of your insurance coverage. You need to do that before an accident. By calling your insurance agent today, you can raise your insurance limits for literally pennies a day. You'll be shocked to find out how little it costs to really protect yourself and your family. To learn more about this and other important elements of an accident, visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Okay, that's good. Whoa, whoa, Dave! Sorry, I'll go grab some paper towels. You can't let Dave pour things. He works at JCW's. They fill stuff up past the brim over there, like their milkshakes. They're thick, rich, and oh my gosh. Delicious. Oh no, Dave's filling up Crystal's car for her. Dave, stop! Hey, this is Clark for JCW. Stop into any of our five locations today. We're located in American Fork, Thanksgiving Point, Provo, South Jordan, and our new location in Harriman. Come in and see why at JCW's we believe in quality and a lot of it. Constant turnover, support issues. Is that what you think of when you talk business-to-business telecommunications? Then you're working with the wrong people. One business-to-business provider is still strong and independent. Syringa Networks, MPLS, Ethernet, Internet, SD-WAN, co-location, disaster recovery, voice services, and a local support team with over 1,000 miles of their own buried fiber optics in Utah. This network is built to support your business telecom needs. Yes. Learn more at syringanetworks.net, syringanetworks.net. Do you snore at night? You could be suffering from sleep apnea, a serious medical condition. Be one of the first 25 people to call Sound Sleep Medical and receive a free sleep consultation, normally a $200 value. Sound Sleep Medical uses a custom fit oral appliance instead of a CPAP machine to treat your sleep apnea. Most insurance companies and Medicare cover oral appliance therapy. To learn more, call 801-285-9731 or visit soundsleepmedical.com. Today is a perfect chance to talk about our Omaha Steaks offer. Omaha Steaks is sharing an amazing limited-time offer with our listeners, and there's still time to place your order for the holidays. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code PIE in the search bar, and you're going to be able to order the favorite gift package. It's $69.99, and here's what you're going to get. Four six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet mignons. They're amazing tender steak. It's incredible. It's bacon-wrapped. These things are cut to perfection and ready for you to grill. Four savory premium pork chops. Four Omaha steak burgers. Four perfectly brown potatoes au gratin. Four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets. An Omaha steak signature seasoning packet. Plus, only for our listeners, you're going to get a free six-piece cutlery set and cutting board included in this amazing Omaha steaks gift box. All this delicious food plus the free cutlery set that you'll enjoy for years to come for $69.99. Just go to omahasteaks.com. Enter pie into the search bar.
post-game show. If you're just tuning in, Utah suffers a pretty ugly loss to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, 37-15. to Oregon doing so many things well, including controlling the trench on both sides of the ball. And it really got a hold of the ball on the first drive, goes nine plays, 67 yards, and a touchdown. They controlled the clock. They dominated. They led in the turnover margin. Um they were more physical. You know, you watch Brady Breeze, the safety for Oregon, coming downhill, knocking people around. Utah's defense got gashed. Jalen Johnson got beat deep for a 40-yard uh, touchdown, or sorry, a 40-yard pass that put them in field goal range. Oregon blocked a punt. Uh, Oregon incept, uh, intercepted Tyler Huntley two times. Utah kept trying to go for it on fourth and one and fourth and two, and Oregon was shutting them down. Julian Blackman goes out of this game with a non-contact injury. Um, Hubert goes out of this game while he's blocking kind of a non-contact at the knee injury, and Kyle Whitting says said that both of those are pretty serious. Oregon had a quick strike touchdown uh, to put them up uh, 17 to nothing, and then they got themselves back in field goal range just before the half for 20 to nothing. And it just felt like Utah couldn't stay out of their way. It was a dominating win for Oregon. And I wanted to bring my co-host, Scotty G, on to talk about the outcome of this game and how it affects Utah moving forward. Scotty, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, we're just trying to make sense of this game for listeners because it it definitely didn't go the way I thought it would go. Uh, Oregon's so dominant in this game. And I just want to get your sense of what happens with Utah now. Well, I... I I think this game went so poorly for Utah. I would be surprised if they're a New Year's Six team. I don't think they're going cotton. I think that uh, if you're a Utah fan, you probably start packing your bags and uh, hitting the Riverwalk because I think they're going to San Antonio to the Alamo Bowl. And I hope I'm wrong, but the uh, you know you and I talked about this, and Frank was there. We talked about this as well. Like the whole the whole country was watching this game. That was the benefit for Utah is that they could make their plea to a national audience, hopefully in a dominating victory over Oregon, that we deserve to be in the college football playoff. Well, tonight, obviously, you lost. You lost badly. And now you're now you're concerned as to whether or not they can make the New Year's Six, which, frankly, I don't think they will. I think that you're looking at a team now that's going to be relegated to, to San Antonio. I hope I'm wrong, but... That was, I mean, they got to hand it to them in every sense of the way. It was a bad night for the Pac-12 because now it just looks like Utah just feasted on a bunch of bad Pac-12 teams. And when they finally play a good team, they got worked. I mean, this was not just a bad night for Utah. This is a bad night for the Pac-12. Yeah, and playing a team that just got beat by Arizona State and squeaked by Oregon State. It, it just, yeah, I know. none of this makes sense to me. Like, you know, you and I weren't – I mean, we felt pretty good about Utah winning this game. And, you know, look, if things go poorly, it might be a close game. But never in a million years did I think that Utah would get out physical on both sides of the ball, that the offensive line would be a sieve, that uh, number five would look like a superstar for Oregon, mm-hmm. like the, you know, the second coming of uh, of Lawrence Taylor. I mean, it just – I mean, so many things went wrong for Utah tonight, right out of the gate on the fourth and one, and it just, it just, uh, you know, it just snowballed from there. But I watched the game with a really good friend of mine, diehard Utah fan, 
was just uh, when you called and said, you know, can you hop on? I got up and said, I'm going to go hop on with hands. We're going to talk about bowl games. And he said, I don't care. I'm done. I don't care where they play. Hmm. After tonight, I'm done with this team for this year. Yeah. And I think there's probably a lot of Utah fans out there that probably agree with <laughs> Wait that. Wait a sec, Scotty. Come on. Well, you know, we're the, done the, with the team. The, the thing is, though, Frank, think about this it. Year's you, know, team. you felt yeah, yeah. The, you, you felt like minimum. It's Rose Bowl minimum. Yes. Yeah. And if you win, or, minimum or, or, Rose yeah. Bowl if you win. That was always the case going into the championship game. Minimum Rose Bowl if you win. It was always Correct. it was always the loss, and it was uh, like feast. Or, it's like feast or famine for this team. No, sorry, my take was minimum Cotton Bowl. That that was the minimum for this team. Still a New Year Six team, uh, but I'm with Scotty. Like yeah. you look at you look at the way Oregon dominated in this game, and. I, I wonder what the committee decides to do in bowl relationship with the Cotton Bowl. And oh, I no Cotton Bowl still a chance, but pretty slim at this point. I think it's Alamo Bowl. I yeah. mean, I think that's what my thought was coming into this game: is a win is minimum Rose Bowl, loss is Alamo Bowl. But I can see why yeah. expectations would make somebody just throw their hands up and but, be like, "Okay." Uh, but, Wait, it's just another loss in the Pac-12 championship. Wait, wait, yeah, it's a, it's, I mean, a, it's eleven and two. I mean, look, I'm as <laughs> I'm as disappointed as as anyone. I I thought I was. I've always been. I've I've, I've been cautious on this team throughout most of the year. They beat Washington. I started to loosen up, loosen up, and finally I got to the point with this team where I thought, okay, they this is a team that's figured it out. I had supreme confidence going into this game, and. You know, it would just got. It's like you just got stomped on, and yeah. kicked, yeah. and you're and you got targeted twice. I think and, that's, and you got knocked out. I think that's what's taken the wind out of people. You know that 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 it went that way. But but that's. I mean, that's the game. That's just oh, the yeah. game. That's just the game. But, I, know, I just it's it's crazy to me then to give up. It, like, <laughs> we, we were we were cheering these guys. For eight, the last eight weeks, look at what they did. Oh, my God. They took a punch in the mouth from Washington, and they came back, and they won this game. And Tyler Huntley threw four incomplete passes in the game, and Zach Moss was amazing. And, and now for eight games, we've done that. It's been very similar. Yeah, beating teams by 20-plus points. And, and now this yeah. one difficult loss against a very talented team that executed at the top level, and, and Utah didn't. I, I don't know. I, to, to give up on it, that seems extreme to me. But Scott, Well, I, 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 I share just because, you know, that's just the emotions of it. You know, sure. tomorrow people will wake up and they'll calm down and they'll relax a little bit. And they're like, okay, it's hard to appreciate a remarkable 11-2 and two season when you had so much on the line and it, and, it, and it went poorly. Like, I get it. That's just sports. And, and frankly – God bless those emotions because that's what keeps all of us employed mm-hmm. uh, in this job. And so, but but this one hurts. I mean, this is. I mean, it was all laid out for you. It mm-hmm. was just right, right there, there. The taking on the platter. And it, just, and it just not only did you not, you know, not only could you not get to it. It just like somebody took that beautiful meal and just shoved it down the disposal right in front of you and said, "No, you can't have it. You're not getting this meal. So sorry. Go back." You're getting a peanut butter and jam sandwich in San Antonio, and you're going to like it. 
I love peanut butter and jelly. Mm. I, I will I say that. I will say this though, man. Just the thought of doing a little pregame in the parking lot in Pasadena. Pasadena, oh, I know. God, did that? Was that just? It was glor- going to be fun. It was yeah. glorious to think about that. It was going to be fun. You know, it was Frank, glorious I, to I think about. I didn't. I didn't tell you this, but I had like a bunch of hotel rooms booked for all of us down in Pasadena. <laughs> you know what? I I have an idea. Because we're all so disappointed in this loss, why don't we still go to the Pac-12 <laughs> Rose Bowl game and and uh, and maybe we can get over Cover our Oregon. <laughs> yeah, we'll get over our our poor feelings about this one. Frank's going to tweet out, this is the most entertaining interactive <laughs> game show for Oregon football. Hey, hey Scotty, one of the storylines, uh, one of the common themes from tonight's callers has been they think that the weak non-conference schedule has played into Utah's inability to be ready for a big game. Do you buy into that at all? No, I don't. I think if you replace Northern Illinois with, you know, Baylor back in late September would have changed things in this game. I don't think so. You got nine games in Pac-12 play. You're playing great Pac-12 teams. You telling me the Washington game shouldn't have helped prepare you for this game? This was my no, argument exactly. Sure. Yeah, my you argument know, I, exactly. I mean, I think it, if it, let's say if Utah didn't win this game, or Utah, let's say Utah won this game, and then Oklahoma leapfrogged them on the show on Sunday, then you can go to that argument. Saying, well, okay, well, maybe you should have played a better out-of-conference schedule to help bolster your resume. But as far as getting you ready and preparing you for a game like this, no, nah, I'm not buying that. Well, Scotty, we appreciate it. Uh, I'll see you at the morning after podcast tomorrow morning. And uh, I know you, Lloyd, and myself, we'll go over this and, and have it released. And uh, we'll talk to you then. Yeah, well, uh, hey, everybody, it's all going to be okay. Go get you a nice Coke Zero or Diet Coke or whatever beverage you need to kind of settle you down for the night. And then uh, and then Lloyd and I will regroup tomorrow. We'll have like a, a, you know, a figurative couch for, you know, and we'll be your therapist and we'll help you get through this. It's going to be okay. You'll be all right. All right. Thanks, Scotty. Appreciate you calling in, man. All right, see you guys. There you go, Scott Gerard. Uh, every day with me from twelve to three, we have a blast. So, eight five five three four zero nine six six three. If anybody wants to sneak in, kind of a last minute phone call. That's eight five five three four zero nine six six three. If you want to jump on with Frank and I, as we kind of wrap things up here, Frank, kind of put your thoughts together and help people. I don't know whether it's calm their nerves or feel a little bit better or feel a little bit worse, however you want to end this. Kind of put your final thoughts on Utah losing their second consecutive Pac-12 championship. Let's all get off the ledge, first of all. Uh, This was a fantastic football team. And put themselves in a position that all of us had the level of expectation fly through the roof. Hey, and that's okay. I mean, we all got excited about the prospect of a college football playoff, and we were ready to fight that committee if they weren't going to let Utah in in the college football playoff and, you know, Oklahoma be damned and whatever they do. It's Utah's going to – well, 
it, it was, it, and we're talking about the Rose Bowl. How exciting was all of that? I mean, we're, we've been talking about that for several weeks, for several weeks. And so our level, our collective level of expectation uh, went, went through the roof. And so the, a game like this, Man, it knocks you. It's not just one story. You're getting knocked off a high rise. I mean, that's how it feels. You could hear it in Tyler Huntley's voice, and 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 Coach Whittingham certainly, and the disappointment. And but I just have a hard time feeling like this team was a failure because of the of the failure tonight. It was a failure for one night, and in a team that played tremendously well and showed grit and determination and class and team all of those all of those good things and for I don't know how many weeks we have been cheering on this Utah football team and as hard as we're taking it as fans I guarantee you that is a locker room that is so down right now you don't even want to walk in into that you don't want to be near that Mm. it's a Th- that those those kids are crushed. As much as we think we have invested as fans in this football program, and as much as we think that our identity is somehow wrapped up in Utah football, it's not even. It doesn't even come close to comparing to the disappointment inside of that locker room for these for these guys who have invested everything into this game and they just they came up short they got outplayed they came up short and that's just the way it goes sometimes i'm not at all willing to jump off the boat or off the bandwagon or anything else fantastic football team 11 and 2 they're going to go to a, a nice postseason bowl game hopefully have success there um Let's not let's not let the expectations that got raised so high, and the and the and the 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 failure that we had tonight determine how we feel and how we support this football team. That's Frank Dolce, former Utah quarterback, longtime analyst, and does a fantastic job with this team. He's been around a lot of them. He's seen a lot of great teams, and I do believe that this is one of them. It was a very good team, and Oregon just showed up, and they were better. Congratulations to Mario Cristobal. Congratulations to this Oregon football team. They played a spectacular football game. They were physical from the jump. And you heard Tyler Huntley's comments. He's like, you saw it? What, were they up 17 nothing? How quick? 20 nothing in the first half? Well, you saw what was going on. Oregon dominated, and we can't forget that Oregon is a, a very good team that had two off weeks against Arizona State and Oregon State and then showed up against Utah. And I didn't expect them to do that. But solid win for Utah. And we will keep you tuned into what Utah is going to face next what bowl game that they end up in. Scotty and I, Lloyd, will put together the morning after podcast tomorrow as well as Sunday, kind of keep you informed with what's going on there. And keep it tuned to 97.5, 12 into the zone for more updates on what's going to happen with Utah. So much analysis coming up here on 97.5, 12 into the zone. Big thanks to Frank. 
Big thanks to Austin back behind the the glass. We appreciate the time that he put in. Uh, Big thanks to PK for getting the Kyle Whittingham sound and everybody else who joined us on the show today, the callers that called in and gave us their thoughts, some spectacular calls and much more. So we appreciate everybody out there for listening to the Utah Post Game Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. If you're one of the millions of Americans who owes back taxes, if you get nervous when the mail comes because you might get a letter from the IRS, then you've heard their enforcement agents are cracking down this year and can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, even your home or business could be at risk over unpaid taxes. It's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start 